Hello, everyone, and welcome to Think Yourself Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest Miguel Escobar. Miguel has been a physician assistant in South Texas for over five years, working in cardiology, hospital settings, and internal medicine. Recently, he worked with Border Patrol in the southern border. Miguel has over 15 years of healthcare experience. He is a father, dog trainer, mentor, and spiritual being of light. Well, Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited. And just to be perfectly transparent with the audience today, I invited Miguel to come on the uh, podcast to talk about COVID and a lot of the inconsistencies that we have with recommendations and the protocol that's happening in the conventional world. Um, But to be perfectly honest with you, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. I definitely want to pick his brain about the the border patrol stuff, like what's happening at the borders. So there's all kinds of things. So hang in there with us today, and um, hopefully we're going to bring some really good content. All right, Miguel. So you are located in Southern Texas, right near where all of the border crisis is happening. So it's by McAllen, Texas. I don't know if you've seen any of these pictures of all these thousands of immigrants. Yeah, that's like right here. So it is real. You're you're seeing. It's all, well, they're not. They're dumbing it down on TV. Really, it is insane what's going on. Like people don't have no idea the inner workings. And I can also actually the last talk I did, mm-hmm. people were like fed up with COVID. They were like, tell us about the border. Yeah. And man, we talked for like two hours just about the border, all the things that they're doing, the things I know that are going because Border Patrol fired me wow. after that little video. Oh, really? So, okay. yeah. Wow. Okay. So are they all Haitians that are coming in? Is it pretty much? No, all- it- that's just that little area right there. There was so El Paso and a few other areas trickled down. There's just we know that there's just thousands of people waiting on the other side of all different ethnicities and countries and you name it. And so for whatever reason, that was the time a lot of Haitians, which is that's a lot of Haitians and there's still more coming. Wow. It's like the, the, the question is, how did they get there? Well, thank God for George Soros. <laughs> We'd be yeah. in trouble without him, right? <laughs> right. I'm sure Clinton Foundation had something to do with that as well. Oh, I am sure. Absolutely. Okay. I, I've like actually got the goosebumps. I'm super excited to dive in. <laughs> and a couple months ago, you did a school board meeting. You attended a school board meeting and um, that content went viral. Can you tell me a little bit about that, what happened there and um, what has come about as a result of it? You know, I, I've been living down here for a few years now um, in, in Hidalgo County, okay. which is one of the most corrupt counties, if not in the nation, for sure, Texas. Um, we have a lot of cartel influence down here. There's a lot of money laundering. There's a lot of corrupt politicians, if not every single politician by in my opinion is is corrupt in some manner either because of blackmail or because they're just in it um 
So <clears throat> we sounds people like don't really. It sounds like a Netflix series. It is a Netflix series, and then plus, and then you add my last name Escobar, and you're like, oh, that guy fits in right in there. All right, perfect. <laughs> but uh, no, I am. I don't have any affiliation with with the. I'm. I am Colombian, but uh, I would be on an island somewhere if I did have an affiliation. <laughs> but that's not uh, really what's going on. But no, so you know. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't. We are not out in the news enough. Uh, we do not get media attention because all the media is bought out down here, um, and so there's a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, we're literally at the forefront of so many things: corruption in the government and local governments, the crisis at the border, the crisis at our schools with you know all these crazy mandates. Our hospital systems are the most corrupt in the nation. And all under the guise of the emergency from COVID, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and so I, I was fed up. I mean, I've been fighting this since the very beginning. Uh, this is like my third wave okay. of, of really pushing hard. And, you know, it finally, you know, really did, you know, kind of start blowing up. Um, but I've been fighting this really hard, trying to just build a momentum, trying to educate people, trying to, especially my community, unfortunately, where we live, there's a lot of sleepy people. Yeah. Um, it, this is a really weird area of Texas. The community here is not truly Hispanic uh, or, or cause there's many different Hispanic cultures, but obviously we're right next to Mexico. So the culture here is not like the Mexican culture, I would say, okay. like the, the real authentic Mexican culture. And it's not the American culture. Okay. It's weird. You know, and everybody that comes through here feels that and they know it and they see it. Mm -hmm. um, there is a homey feeling, right? Uh, it's a little bit slower paced. Uh, some people are way too relaxed, but you know, but, but it's not what I would, it's its own little world. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, I can't, I can't take it anymore that they're picking on the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like, you know, you picking on adults and stuff. That's fine. People can defend themselves, but children don't know better. Right. Um, unfortunately they just have to do whatever their parents and other adults tell them to do. So I, uh, I and, a, and, and other people here in our, in our community, we have been kind of fighting back, fighting back, fighting back. And so finally, a few of us were like, let's go to some school board meetings. And, you know, and, and we've been going all over the place, mm -hmm. uh, courthouse, anywhere we can go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my intent was to really just in the kindest, most professional way, speak to the board of my district and let them know really what's going on. Um, and so you're only allowed allotted five minutes to speak. And so I was like, man, I'm going to have to go through a lot of stuff in five minutes. And people don't understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I, I, it, it's very difficult. And some of these school boards allow you like two minutes to speak. Like what, it, what on earth is yeah. this going on? Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't do anything if you even want to be cordial and introduce yourself and say, I mean, that's already like 30 seconds. Or more. Right. So um, 
so, you know, I'm very well versed in all of this. I didn't need to write anything down. I had it all in my head and I kind of had organized what I was going to say. But as I was speaking, I could real I could sense because I wasn't just talking to the board. There was also like maybe 50 people in that meeting. And so you can't tell on the camera. There was a lot of people behind me. Okay. Um, other people that partake in the district, some parents, some other, you know, um, influential people that, you know, they, they like to partake in these meetings. And so I was speaking to the members and, 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 and the crowd. And so I could tell that everybody was very engaged. So I started to change a little bit what I was talking about. And I started just throwing, you know, spit and fire left and right. And, uh, and they let me speak for almost 13 minutes, you know, wow. which was, Quite awesome. Now they don't do that anymore. Now they're really big. I bet. Uh, they have police everywhere. Wow. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like a prison now. But uh, yeah, so I could tell people were very engaged. So I was kind of changing what I was saying. And you can, if you, you know, if you listen to the to the video, there are times where I'm kind of jumping here and now. I'm just trying to throw darts at them. And right. I do want to say I, there was a, uh, one, one major thing I said incorrectly because, you know, I was just under pressure trying to speak as fast as I can. And uh, I said something without, uh, you know, intending it to be worded a different way. But at one point I said that these vaccines have killed more children than ever before. That's not true. Uh, what I meant to say is that these vaccines have killed more people than any other vaccines. You know, I was trying to really push that that narrative in there well i applaud you for being able to publicly you know claim the the truth and and be able to um fix that statement that's pretty big of you so nice job thank you yeah so you know i because everyone a lot of people thought that everything i said was a lie like literally every piece of i mean i've had people emailing me the the mouth is not the dirtiest spot on your body and i'm like if you go to the ER because someone bit you, I'm pretty sure they're going to give you antibiotics. If you go to the ER because someone wiped their butt on you, they're just going to say, go shower. So there's a big difference. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some people don't realize that, that, yes, your mouth is one of the dirtiest spots on your body. I mean, it could kind of change from person to person. But in general, your mouth is is very, very dirty. Yeah. It's nasty. It's nasty. And, uh and so, you know, I've, I've been trying to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be this false information giver, right? And so another thing that I said, which it just came out a little confusing. And when I looked back at it, I was like, oh, well, that's not really what I meant to say. I said something about like uh, that some people who had COVID weren't included in the vaccinated or unvaccinated group. But really, it's, you know, what's going on is that if you're vaccinated and you have the COVID and you fall in a hospital setting, as long as you don't fit in the, in the criteria that CDC has changed, it's really up to the hospital or the, the doctor to actually uh, count you as a COVID case. Right. If you're, if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, of course, they're going to say you have COVID, but the CDC is allowing hospitals and doctors to not count those people. Right. What do you think the motive behind that? I mean, I, I think I have an idea, but what is your perspective of the motive behind hospitals no longer counting individuals whom have been vaccinated and are getting COVID? 
Well, you know, I mean, if you follow the news, it's going to, they're going to, they're going to tell you because, I, oh, 2001. <laughs> yeah. Good job for you. Yeah, after that's awesome. Eleven, I checked out. I was like, I see what's going on here. I'm out. Yeah. You know, that's funny. You say that me too. From 9-11 on, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. That's not, this is not true. Right. And um, so, you know, their whole thing and the doctors pushing is that, uh, oh, well, breakthrough cases, we don't need to worry about them, which is absolute nonsense. In Israel, 85% of all their hospitalized people are vaccinated people. Right. And I'm really glad that you're bringing Israel up because they were the first ones to really go hard with forcing mandatory vaccinations. They So they've been doing it the longest now. And now we're seeing such huge increase in COVID cases with 85% of the population being vaccinated. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty alarming in my opinion. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, what's nuts, what's even more nuts is that now the, well here the media still is ignoring the research that's coming out, which is clearly showing that if you're vaccinated, it increases your chances of death. It increases your chances of, uh, it seems, you know, of getting the variants, not necessarily getting COVID, but getting and spreading the variants. Um, and even though they know this, they're still, you know, now they're changing now. And this is, again, this is alongside with what the CDC is doing. Um, they're just, that's where it gets dropped and it starts to spread that now if you are not vaccinated three times, so except for the Pfizer one, which is just one with boosters, but if Moderna, all these other ones, if you're not vaccinated twice plus a booster, you're not counted as a vaccinated person. I, I don't understand. No, that doesn't make any sense. And honestly, if we're already at a point where we've got the, the booster, the third booster, where does it go from here? Yeah. Right. Well, that's their whole point. Right. I mean, that's their agenda. It's money making business. Right. Uh, you know, I forget what uh, just ran out of my brain, but the whole uh, idea. Right. They create the problem. They try to give you the solution and they are the, so the same ones that created the problem as the ones giving you the final you know, product, the cure all. Right. If they don't have a disease. They can't make money off a vaccine or right. remdesivir. It really, it does surprise me to an extent that there are so many individuals who don't realize that this pandemic has been so profit or oriented that it's all about, you know, um, well, I mean, there's many different agendas that are kind of all tied into one, but um, that profit, you know, bottom line, the profit that is being created, the protocols that the hospitals are using once somebody comes in and codes them as a COVID patient and what happens, you know, it's kind of this one size fit all type of protocol that is absolutely whack. And this is part of what is contributing to such a high death rate. It's not actually the virus itself, you know, from yeah. what I've researched and seen. To me, it appears that it's more protocol driven that's resulting in the death, which is really sad. I had a an acquaintance, a uh, 42-year-old male, um, pass away last week as a result of COVID, complications due to COVID. 
he was obese, he had type two diabetes, and he had cardiovascular disease, all, you know, by the age of 42. And I hate to say it, but the truth is, is that his comorbidities are more reflective of the average population than I think we'd like to admit. Um, I know for myself in my mid forties, I'm an anomaly. I'm not the average popula female population um, when it comes to health and wellness. And so for me, I really see how this is all intercorrelated and that the bottom line is it's about profit, driving profit margins. So what are your thoughts? I know that's a loaded question. No, absolutely. I think it goes perfect into, you know, for people who are most likely watching your show that may need to get that zoomed out picture, right? They have literally created the United States because this is not worldwide what's happening here, right? You, I, I totally understand that you are, you are like the above average person for your age here in the United States. But if I compare you to Europe mm -hmm. or maybe some places in Africa mm -hmm. or even some places in South America, you would fit right in. Right. Right. Yep. But in the United States, they have literally since, you know, the early 1900s, since they started processing foods and separating grains Yes. You know, from our bread yes. and causing scurvy and causing these deficiencies, mm -hmm. they put their finger in the food complex industry. And since then, they have been creating unhealthy Americans. Right. Amen. And so, yeah, so they've been creating these unhealthy Americans. And so and not just unhealthy Americans, but Americans detached from reality. Oh, yes. Yes. So, you and, know, and we're supposed to be this country of, of freedom fighters. Right. Sorry. To give you a little back information about myself. Um, so, back in the early 90s, I was a raging, druggy type of, you know, individual. And um, I was doing a crystal meth at the time, smoking pot, you know, getting any cocaine, anything I could get my hands on. And as a result, um, I woke up one day and I started urinating blood and I was like, okay, this is a problem. Went to the doctors. They ended up diagnosing me with IgA nephropathy. So I had a genetic mutation I inherited from one of my parents. Most likely it was my father. Um, I have native American bloodline on his side. And this disease happens to be more common amongst native Americans. So anyway, long story short, I end up developing this kidney disease, going to the doctor. They tell me that my prognosis is five years, that I had five years and I was either going to need to be on transplant or dialysis. And at that time, I wasn't a full-time student, got kicked off of my parents' health insurance and couldn't get health insurance for having a pre-existing condition. So in my opinion, this was literally the best thing that ever happened to me because I could no longer freely have access to the medical system. Okay. I couldn't just go and see conventional doctors and give, have them give me, you know, recommendations. So at this time, the doctors told me there was zero, there was nothing I could do to change the prognosis of what was to come. And so there was something intuitively within, within me that said, I can't accept that as my fate. 
And so I kept listening to this intuitive voice that said, Heather, there's a solution, go find it. And so this is where my passion for research began when it comes to lifestyle practices and how they impact our overall health and well-being. So long story short, I have bought 28 quality years on my life from when I got this diagnosis. And all of the things that they told me would have zero impact on the prognosis have been all of the things that have bought my quality of life and reversed the aging process. So, you know, we are such powerful beings. If we can just take back our power instead of constantly handing it over to these medical professionals, we could be so much further along, in my opinion, as a society, especially here in the US, when it comes to our health and well being and the quality of life that we're all living. Ugh, that was a mouthful. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of I had read up a little bit on your story. It's it's a moving story, you know, and you're just one more person to the testimony that these things work. And, you know, so like we were saying, that they have literally over the years, it's been a slow process, right? You can't throw a, a frog in boiling water, right? You have to slowly boil the water. If not, right. the people and the frog will know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so they have created us in this such an unhealthy manner of living and thinking that modern medicine is like the way out of everything. And then they, they, you know, they gain our trust in the media. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I'm sure at one point the media was a good place of, of information without having to research more and look into people like you or even listening to someone like me. Right. But um, and so not, so we're going one way on health and then we're also going another way on on what tr the truth and, and, you know, what is a real reality that we live in. Right. And so now it's kind of in this we're in a place where it's all just converging and and you know if, if if you've been paying attention you can clearly see it oh, yeah. that it's all an agenda it's all a, a game going on here um you know i can't tell you how many people with all this have communicated with me like you know stories like you they told me i was going to die mm -hmm. they said that my kids autism wasn't due to uh vaccines Right. They said that, you know, I, I need to take these medications for COVID. If not, that I'll die. You know, and then all these stories end up being false and people venture out. They start doing their research. They, they, they go out and risk doing something, which I mean, everything that we do in life is a risk. If you go to the hospital and you do exactly what they tell you to do, according to the CDC, that's a risk. Right. Everything is a risk. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, now we've gotten to this point where. People are how I like to phrase it. You know, a lot of Europeans talk about Americans like this, that we're all we all think we're kings and queens from the comfort of our of our own couches while we're flipping on and off the TV. Sounds you know, and, and it's, it's right now is the epitome of it. We have all the Europeans literally they're not going to work. They're literally going out and protesting for the last two months mm -hmm. like they are fighting for their real rights. Right. We have. The majority of Americans over here still, you know, uh, you know, going on. Yeah, like just completely oblivious. What's the threat? They want to, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, like 
you know, God bless these 13 soldiers that died. Okay. But we have millions of people being murdered in our own country. Yeah. They're literally doing a full on assault on our children and convincing parents that what they're doing is okay. Right. How, you know, I'm sorry, but I am not worried about 13 people who signed up to go fight and to go to, to a very, you know, a, a destroyed country right. that they knew the risk that they were doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, yes, God bless them. And, and we should never treat our soldiers like that, but we should never treat our own citizens or be okay with the tyranny and the, 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 the misinformation, the truly the misinformation that's going on in this country. You know, it's like, if you call yourself an American, how can you get so upset over 13 people and you're not upset about everything that's happening in this country. Right. You know, and so yeah. that's where I'm like, you're, yeah. you're falling for the agenda. You're falling for, you know, the, the push that they're trying to put you is look over here, not over here. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous that we have the most advanced health technology, yet we have the sickest population in the world. And when we look at these comorbidities <laughs> that are associated with, you know, increased death risk of COVID, this is all intentional in my opinion. And it all starts with the food that is being promoted for us to eat, you know, um, advertising, all of it. It, it, there, it's just, there is such a motivation behind what we're doing. And we humans here in the U S we just have this blind trust that, you know, if something is available on the counter or on the shelf at the supermarket, that it must be safe for us. We don't realize, I'm going to tell you something. So this company sent me this little technology device to measure my metabolism. So I've been playing around with it the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. And over the weekend specifically, I decided that I was going to eat really bad, like the typical person. And I indulged in Reese's Pieces and Pringles and all kinds of just crap, a lot of refined processed carbs, a lot of really high carby food. And so I'm measuring this metabolism and many days after the fact of eating poorly, my metabolism is still registering as junk. And I'm like, Fuck, why did I do this to myself? No, Heather, it's in the name of research. It's, it's all about research, right? Yeah. And really truly understanding how the choices that we're making are impacting our overall outcomes when it comes to health and well-being, our energy levels, our mood. So just two days of me eating like crap, my energy was reduced, my mood, I had foggy brain, I couldn't think so clearly. I was hyperly focused on junk food. Like that's all I could think about was like, oh, I want another Reese's or oh, a handful of Pringles sounds delicious. And um constipation. I'm like, what the bloating. So in just that two day period, I, I, I'm again, really big on using myself as a research experiment in that two day period of eating junk outside of my typical eating habits. I stepped on the scale and was up eight pounds holding on to fluid from inflammation. Lightning. And this is the yeah. average person walking around, around on the streets wondering, you know, why they feel like crap. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, and what I, when I do these 
because I've done now several talks, which is great, because uh, there's not enough doctors out there, uh, you know, spreading this information. But, you know, one of the main things that I tell people um, when we talk about, you know, what you need to do, right? My main thing is four things, which three are your diet. Mm-hmm. One, more fruits and vegetables. Two, portion control. Mm-hmm. Three, less red meat mm-hmm. or no meat at all if you really want to go that route. Mm-hmm. I mean, I eat some fish, but I'm, I'm pretty much vegan. Mm-hmm. And four, exercise, right? And now this isn't my own compilation of things. This is me looking at lots of nutritional research and documentaries and reading and, and whatnot. And, and same as you doing it myself. Okay. I, I try things myself to see how they feel, to see how, you know, so I can tell my patients, you know, what to expect mm-hmm. um, from a personal level. But so the main thing I tell people is you got to get away from inflammation. Mm-hmm. This is not only is the disease or the infection, because I don't believe it's a disease, but the infection causes, right, the cytokine storm, mm-hmm. which is your inflammation pathway just starts to go crazy. Right. Okay. Well, the same thing is basically happening if you're vaccinated as well, that it's causing a type of cytokine storm where it's going crazy. And so, and all of it can be based on how much inflammation you have in your body, which we already know children are absolutely not affected by this because mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of inflammation in their body. And who's more affected? Our older generations. They have arthritis, right? Well, just the sheer fact that they're old, older, right? Your body, you know, you get it's like you got a little rust here and there. You know, you need to grease up your your shoulders and your knees and stuff, right? So your digestive tract isn't the same. You might have some ulcers, you know. So your body is worn down. That right. causes inflammation. You have most likely have arthritis because that's like a very common thing. And in, in, in most people, you're going to have some form of arthritis. And then if you throw in some other, you, you know, normal, normally some people around that age, the average is going to have at least one or more comorbidities, right? And so, you know, that's like the trifecta right there. Um, but then you throw in obesity. Then you throw in, are you drinking lots of sodas? Are you eating lots of red meat? What about are you alcohol? eating pres- what? Alcohol. Oh yeah, alcohol. Right? Yeah. Are you smoking? Are you drinking? Right. Um, are you um, are you taking in um, preservative-rich foods? Right. Yeah. Are you still vaccinating yourself every year with the flu vaccine? Right. You know, are you putting in all these things in your body, which your our inflammation pathways are tied to many different pathways. And so when you are enticing the inflammation pathway to kickstart and, and start revving its engines up and more and more and more and more and more and more, well, and, and the total spectrum of it, you know, a young kid is going to be way down here. There's not a lot of inflammation, right. but an older individual, because of the things we've already mentioned, they're going to be at about halfway on this full spectrum. They're revving there constantly. That's where they sit at. Right. Um, and now you throw in COVID or you throw in the vaccine. Well, now you're going to start really going up. And so now you're limiting the amount of space that you have in order to get to a cytokine storm or an, a, just a, 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 a metabolic and, and pathological aspect of the body where there's almost no point of return. Right. right? And so 
you know, one of the main things in the U.S. that we do, we're huge meat eaters. And yeah. and, it, and then if you're not buying good meat, you're buying stuff that's full of probiotics, it's full of hormones, it's full of metals. I mean, it's full of all sorts of stuff. And I mean, you know, I, I'm not a big meat eater anymore. If I'm going to eat meat, I make sure it's damn good meat. Right. But uh, if not, I'm not going to touch it. Right. You know, but everything we, we touch are even our even your good fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. pesticides, fungicides, herb, you know, herbicides. You got GMO products out there. Mm-hmm. All these things. There's so many. And we could keep going more. Oh, yeah. You know, it's I did. So, again, going back to the personal research study myself, a couple of months ago, I did a uh, fecal stool test on myself sent it to this company, had it analyzed, it came back. And I was absolutely shocked with the results because it came back that I had a lot less favorable good bacteria and I had more of the unfavorable bacteria. I was also missing a really beneficial parasite in the gut that helps with converting fat into energy. And so um, our fat metabolism. So it really got me thinking because I follow a predominantly good diet, Um, much like you, I'm pretty plant-based. However, I do eat fish and I do have eggs every day. I tried to follow a vegan diet for a period of two years and it almost cost me my life due to my kidney disease and my body not being able to recycle the amino acids efficiently. So I ended up having to add animal proteins back in to feel optimal. Anyway, um, you know, eating mostly organic produce, especially for the ones that really count and drinking um, spring water and et cetera, you know, making all of these efforts. So for me, it was really surprising to get these results back. And it made me think big picture, what's really going on here? I don't think that this so much is an individual problem and it's more of a collective problem that comes to the practices around our organic farming and our you know, conventional farming. So what it did for me was convince me to start shopping farmers locally and really supporting that local farmer's market that I have available to me because they tend to do a lot more crop rotations, which is going to be supportive of the microbiome that we can find in the soil. So I really don't think that the pathogens are so much that I follow a shitty diet. It's more about the soil that my food is coming from is already depleted and I don't have the ability to naturally meet my needs. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. We, we, yeah. And again, this is going back to the early 1900s, probably even before they're attacking the food industry. Right. And, and what they do, just like what they're doing right now, they tell you, Oh, here, take this. This is the way is, this is what's going to help you overcome COVID. It's all a lie. Right. 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 And so they do the same thing here. This is the way we're supposed to farm. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the only way we can do it for this mass production you know thing it's absolutely wrong the way we do farming in the u.s and the way we hold our products the way we do the groceries it's so backwards yeah and we waste more food than what's out there you know people say oh we're running out of water we're running out of nutrients on this planet no we're not we are not running out of anything 
I and all of it is just being misused. Yeah, if you don't know how to drive your car efficiently, you can waste a, ga- a, tank, a tank of gas in a day yeah. or you can use it a whole week. Right. right. And so we're just not using things efficiently. When I went to Peru, um, I was with a few shamans and, and curanderos and and, you know, uh, plant masters. And this one shaman had a awesome ranch out in the jungle and he actually had some french scientists out there studying what he was doing wow he was creating crops okay literally uh are an agricultural what, what we would say farm okay mm-hmm. where it's literally rows and rows and rows and rows of some kind of vegetable or fruit product he would have three different ones on each row wow And, you know, they have been told, all farmers have been told, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's not good for the plant. Right. It's not going to work out like that or it's going to be too hard. No, it's not. We just don't. We keep tying ourselves into this little box thinking that this is the only way to think when it's absolutely not. And so this individual has like three, sometimes more or less, you know, two to maybe four. I mean, there is a point, obviously, where. You can't have too much unless it's just a jungle. But, you know, we're talking about rotating crops, going through picking the the fruits off these uh, plants. Right. And so what he was showing is like, look, with this mix of three different plants, one is absorbing these nutrients while the other one's putting in the nutrients. The other one's creating a microbiome of, 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 uh, you know, bacterial flora. And so it's a symbiotic relationship and they're all feeding off each other. And what's happening? It's making the dirt even more rich. Yeah. Well, right? and I, yeah. And, and that's such a good point, valid point, because what people forget is that the human body is organized of over 50 trillion microbiome. So we are a community that works symbiotically together. And when the food is targeted to be depleted, to be, you know, very toxic, gets into the body, this is going to have a negative impact on digestive function. 70% of our immune system lies within our digestive tract. It is literally our first line of defense. So for me, it makes a lot of sense why the food industry got targeted first to help support disease and illness, which then in return, the solution is to give you a prescriptive medication or some sort of topical ointment that you can apply to your body and now become a lifelong subscriber for this Band-Aid right? To cover up symptoms. We never really get to the root of the problem. I specialize with mental health and substance abuse. These are, that's one of my favorite populations to have an opportunity to work with because what, what people fail to realize is about 90% of mental health disorders are actually a nutritional deficiency that has not been defined. And so if we can really start focusing on the nutrition and fixing our gut health, the outcomes are phenomenal. I mean, they're endless, really. And so we've we've really trapped ourselves um, into this very limited belief system that has been very programmed and conditioned within us that 
keep us just going through the motions. And right now, individuals like you and I, who have the courage to speak up and say, hey guys, let's really think about what's going on here. And does this make sense? Or is there something bigger behind this that we haven't taken into consideration? And how do we fix it, right? But you and I, we're becoming even more in, uh, limited in the sense with censorship and being holistic practitioners, we're becoming targeted. You know, yeah. real, real life, I wouldn't doubt in the potential future us being hunted for, you know, offering holistic, holistic advice to individuals, which is actually pretty frightening. I know I joke. Well, that's, that's the original witch. Yeah, that's the yeah. original witch. Yeah, people put a, a negative connotation to witches, but they were actually natural healers and people were like, what is this? Yeah. And that's why they were, you know, killed and, and tortured. Funny I'm sure how, there were some bad witches there, but uh, right. yeah, I mean, that's crazy. One of the history origins of itself, right. Yet here we are in modern day and completely being blinded to the fact that, wait, this is history repeating itself in multiple ways, multiple platforms. It's kind of, I don't know. So how do you and I keep using our voices and sharing our knowledge to spread the light and help motivate and inspire others to personally become their own healthcare advocates, become the expert of themselves? What do we do? How do we do this? Well, definitely having some conversations like this, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, there's not enough people in the medical community that are doing it. And, um, you know, as a PA, especially if you want to be a good PA and a good job, you know, working in cardiology and all these things, it's going to take up a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had to leave certain jobs because it was they were taking up so much. It was taking up so much of my time and I didn't really even feel I was being compensated for it enough um, to even make it worthwhile. But, you know, it takes away from your family. It takes away from your personal self. And then it takes away from you trying to continue your education. Um, and, and as a medical provider, we do have to do things called continuous med medical education. I'm sure you have to, oh, you have to do the same. Yeah. 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 And so we have to continue to expand, even though it's not a lot. So, you know, so it's kind of you're just force fed to read only certain topics when in actuality, there's so many awesome topics that doctors should be reading on and kind of pushing those limits like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Right. And reading some of the things that he does, the research that he puts out there, you know, because there's some doctors, if I tell them or like some of my patients where I'm getting at now is use your mind to control your body. It's a working thing. It's not going to be like a snap of a finger or the flip of a switch, but you have to start practicing these things, right? Like you're not going to exercise in one day and all your diseases are going to go away. Right. But these doctors, I, I mean, if I were to tell them that you could control your body and certain diseases with your mind simply, right? Obviously you have to eat, right? I mean, you are what you eat, right? But that you could possibly control a tumor growth or, you know, through prayer and through having group prayers to focus their energies on that tumor, that these things could go away. That's nonsense. Right. That's not in a science book. You know, that's not studied. No, it is studied and it has been done. And there's many testimonials. They just don't have the time 
And some of them don't have the effort to look into it and read it. Right. And so and again, this goes back to how we were talking about that. They've created unhealthy Americans. Mm -hmm. They've created Americans that are so tied down now to the TV and they've created in an environment, a working environment that we're the most worked people in, in the world. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have time to study. You don't have time to sit back and reflect. You don't have time to just sit in quiet and peace and do a little bit of meditation or whatever it is that floats your boat, right? And so we don't have time for these things. And so people who are on the forefront of medicine, they're just going on whatever's being fed to them. And it's not the real medicine. There's, there is agendas on it. Absolutely. And I'm really grateful for you bringing that to the surface because when I decided to become a registered dietitian, I knew that majority of the formal education I was going to be receiving was all just agenda bullshit and that I had to jump through the hoops in order to get to the point where I could board certify and then become registered and practice off of the evidence that I believed in when it comes to the health and wellness. And to be honest, there's not much that I utilize coming out of the United States. Most of that research comes from the UK. And they have very different food practices. They have a lot higher standards and regulations around what is allowed to be added into the food system. So um, again, going back to what you said about that, you know, people aren't listening. We're not listening to that inner guidance and taking our own action. Really what they did was create a perfect system to enslave humanity, specifically United, you know, Americans into this system that has them defeated before they even begin. And so we yeah. have to really help, you know, I'll, I grew up in an extremely dysfunctional family. I was addicted to sugar at a very early age. By 11 years old, I was already diagnosed with anxiety and depression and being medicated with pharmaceuticals to manage, you know, my symptoms. And then um, by 15, I had my first in-hospitalization treatment. And after that, that's when I realized how fucked up the world was and was like, I'm checking out. Where are the drugs? What can I disappear to? Because this reality sucks. So I, in my opinion, you know, we've really created a perfect system that allows generation after generation to just become more and more um, out of touch checked out, disconnected from self. We have so much fear driving people's choices and controlling their nervous systems that they are incapacitated and they just go through the motions of whatever they're being told by the television in terms of what actions to take. We are um, really at a paradigm shift in my opinion. And I feel so blessed to be on the same side of the fence as you and to be a light worker and to help shed the truth, share the truth and well, shed light onto our reality. So Absolutely. in your opinion, for the listener who is like, man, what is all of this stuff? Like, whoa, they've really cognitive dissonance is so immense right now. I'm, I'm just like mind blown. 
How do you encourage that individual to break out of the narrative? Where is the easiest place that they can start to reclaiming their own sovereignty when it comes to taking action on their own health and well-being? Well, um, I just wanted to finish up a little bit because I was, was planning on saying more things, okay. but in regards to us, you know, what, what do we do, right? Um, I mean, I, I definitely feel like we, we have to keep pushing what we're doing, creating, you know, podcasts, creating interviews, websites, um, just reaching out to your whoever is like-minded, right? And try to get little communities going and then, you know, hoping that they expand. That's what we're doing here where, where I live, um, reaching out to our farmers, reaching out to other individuals that, uh, you know, if in dire needs, we'll have somewhere to go. Um, but, uh, you know, we still have to push the envelope, you know, right now, I think there's a lot of momentum and people are starting to wake up. So it really, it really means that people like you and I and, and others out there have to keep pushing. Um, and there's going to be some backlash, but I mean, I'm a perfect example of like three doors closed. I'll have 10, 10 more doors open. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, so, and I just wanted to mention one thing. I'm sorry. What was your question again? Because I just forgot. Well, it's irrelevant because this is better. It, if time allows, I'll, I'll re-ask the question. But the reality, so, is, you know, when you were talking about Joe Dispenza and like Bruce Lipton and all of these amazing educators, these amazing practitioners whom they their information opposes what we're being fed conventionally it doesn't match yeah. the agenda and so immediately these individuals are discredited as quacks right i mean look at what just happened yeah. to dr mercola he got completely deplatformed i mean it's just insane the power that they have at being able to silence and shut down and suicide and whatever we want to call, you know, the action that's being taken. So um, anyway, my point is, is that, so when you talk about four doors closing and 10 opening, again, it goes back to that mindset, right? And being able to be optimistic and in, in, in an energetic place where we're not being motivated by fear. Fear is typically what motivates most of the population to take the actions that they are. And unfortunately, that is mostly compliance that is coming at the expense of our freedoms and our sovereignty, especially around our, our medical circumstances. Um, so anyway, that was a thought that I yeah. When you were talking you know, about well, you know those guys, yeah, I, mean, I, I would love to get into some sovereignty talk because that's the basis of everything here, right? Absolutely. Um, but you know, going off of how we're kind of talking about how these these doctors, because I really think we need to focus some energy on waking up our our medical, you know, people that are they have the intelligence, they know how to research. Mm -hmm. uh, we just need to oh, shed some light on them. But so this article. Weird. It's the fear. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, though, some people that are so driven off fear, like they, they want to die literally, mm -hmm. you know, the, everything they strive for is the fear of death because they want to die. Right. In my opinion, if you're thinking oh. about death so much, it's probably because you want to die. And I feel deep down inside. 
there's there's a lot of truth to that and i think that there's a lot of souls right now who are inhibiting planet earth who have no intention on waking up they want to continue to keep experiencing all of the poverty and war and hatred and fear and all of the things and so you know we have to it, it gets exhausting trying to come to that middle ground of where do i keep pushing to wake people up and come to acceptance that those that probably haven't woken up to this point probably aren't going to. And as a result, they're going to be part of that casualty that's going to come with large, large numbers of deaths. In my opinion, in the next decade, I think that we're going to see a lot of people dying specifically from immune system dysfunction. So, oh, yeah. you know, and, and we're seeing it. I mean, we see it on a daily basis. Well, I don't even think it's going to take that long. I mean, I don't either. I'm being very generous. I, I'm really hoping <laughs> I'm being like super generous. <laughs> no, I, I think things are going to be, I, I mean, you know, all, all of my records and everything about me is a very optimistic person, but, uh, so, you know, I can see where some people are like, nah, that's not going to be like that. But I mean, in reality, you know, things are not as bad as what people think it is. Um, so in my opinion, I think we already are moving towards the right direction. Absolutely. It's just, we need to wake up a few more people. And so how, like you were saying, like who, you know, it's exhausting. Who do we even go for? Mm -hmm. For me, really, it's if I can create someone else that knows all the things that I know and things that you know, and, you know, like Joe Dispenza and, and all these other people, well, then they're going to be pushed to go do that same thing. Right. And so they're going to be uh, talking to a different group of people. And yeah. so, you know, the people that are just like acting like I'm crazy, even though I've been living my life without a mask and I'm not vaccinated and I hang out and I've been traveling and I work with sick people and I'm not affected. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, I'm not affected by anything that you think is affecting your life. Right. I'm not going to waste my time on them. I may, I will interject in any moment that I can real quickly and move away, you know, right. just drop a little, throw a few seeds at them and run away. But it's really the people right now that are opening their ears that we need to co concentrate on them because just like the people who influence me, I'm sure they have been doing this for decades. Right. And they are fed up, but now they're to a point where they're like, "Woo, I'm up here, way up here, you know, looking down. And it's just a cycle, right? And so people start cycling up through there. And I do feel that at one point, everybody will be uh, waking up to this. Reminds me of something called ascension, where we have the ability to hold a higher level of consciousness as a collective. Yes. You know, has to do with like density and um, very, very exciting stuff. I can't wait until we're past this period and we get to start ascending and having conversations around what is to come and all of the excitement with that. Because bottom line is we're stuck in a paradigm where we have systems that it, they're working, but they're not serving the greater good. It's coming at the expense of, you know, uh, enslavement of humanity. And so, absolutely. So, um, and, and one little thing that you might be interested in. So, this just came out uh, 18 of August this year. It's from nature.com. Okay. okay. 
I have the cookies sitting on there, but so everyone can see it's from nature. Okay. And this article is talking about health researchers report funder pressure to suppress results. So they actually did a small study looking at different nutritional and exercise research, uh, you know, little cohorts that they did. And they compared over a hundred of them and they did questionnaires to the researchers and everybody. And, and basically they wanted to know if whoever was funding their research, if it had any interference with the information that was being presented. And they showed that without a doubt mm-hmm. that these, uh, you know, the people who are funding them, the Pfizer, the Moderna's, the, the, you know, every single pharmaceutical company out there that yes, they were absolutely, um, it says here, they were felt pressured by funders to delay reporting, alter or not publish findings. Okay. And this is huge, right? Because this is, this was a small study and it showed without a doubt that everything that was considered the gold standard, right? Used to inform healthcare decision-making was all swayed, not all of it, but most, a lot of it was swayed. And, you know, again, it, it, it totally showed that the investigators were and through various forms were suppressing this information. They were either delaying the publications. They were not releasing some results whatsoever. And again, and all of this was to make it look like what we, you know, use in health, because this involved a lot of things, sexual health, nutritional health, physical health, mental health. Right. And, And so And that's where they really attack, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The medicine, since the Rockefellers created the American Medical Association, right? And they have been pushing that agenda. It's already been bought out. I mean, doctors really, as smart as they think they are, they really don't even know. They're they're totally following an agenda that was based on something to push a specific agenda of monetary profit. Absolutely. and, and we live now in a medicine in the United States because I've been a part of it. I see it mm-hmm. that doctors are pushed more for profit than they are for speaking to the patient, getting to know your patient and actually walking them through good health. Right. They're more focused on you didn't put a COVID diagnosis on that. You just we just missed out on two thousand dollars. Right. That, that's literally a conversation that was had with doctors down here. Okay. And this is happening all over the place. I mean, this has been happening for decades that doctors are more looking at how do I write my note and what do I need to put to maximize my claim so that I can get more money. And in one aspect, I understand it. We all have to work for money. Right. And doctors are kind of put into a situation where they come out with more debt than they do getting money. You know, most people don't realize that doctors even PAs and MPs are some of the worst people to manage money <laughs> and because they're not taught how to manage money. Yeah. Right. It's just like your typical lottery winner that they could live for generations and they spend it all within a year and then they're bankrupt. Right. So 
doctors don't know how to use their money. They don't know how to effectively and efficiently use it. And so when you're put in that situation, yeah, of course, they're like, I just need to make as much money as I can to get out of this shithole. Right. right? And so and what does that create? It creates a drive. It's no longer patient centered drive. Let's make people healthy or Hippocratic oath. I just need to make money to support my family, my needs, my employees, my clinic or whatever, you know, my Ferrari, whatever it is. And, and again, that's where we're splitting in medicine that, you know, these doctors don't see that, that uh, they're being driven by other nefarious means. Absolutely. I mean, we are. And it's, and it's affecting the research, right? I mean, if people want to trust all these re the research out there by COVID, like we know just about any research out there, all I have to do is ask you who funded the research and I'll tell you what the results are going to be. I don't need to read it. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is where a majority of the population is just a naive consumer and they don't realize, you know, these companies do a really great job of branching out and setting up other, you know, umbrellas underneath them so that when the research is reviewed, it's now under this umbrella that people aren't associating with Coca-Cola or, you know, Pepsi or Pfizer. So they have, they've, they've done a pretty good job of being able to create these systems to kind of get away from it being directly reported as Pfizer is the, you know, is the funding research funder. But what people don't realize is that when it comes to medical professionals, they've become so invested, you know, they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their education. They've given their life, their personal life to this uh, professional pathway. And so they naively jump into that system and say, you know, they follow along the monopoly of things that are happening instead of questioning and saying, I'm starting to meet more and more individuals like yourself and myself whom are prep, you know, medical practitioners that are questioning the narrative doing their own research, sharing the research that is practical and informative for the masses. And that's exciting. And I think that we'll continue to see more of that happen. That's my hope. Yeah, no, it's absolutely happening. I mean, when I saw your podcast, the last one that you said, you know, talking about Ascension, I was like, I was so giddy. I was like, yes. This is going to be great. I'm so glad Heather reached out to me. Well, and, and the truth is, is that we can no longer think that they're separate anymore. You know, bottom line is we are in the midst of a spiritual war and it's coming at the expense of our souls. And either we stay enslaved to these systems that are in play that are literally sucking our energetic vibration out of our bodies and recycling it for their own, you know, purposes that aren't feeding the the greatest good oh we could just yeah i could just go on and on and on about that no but that's what people need to hear yeah right yeah especially the people on your channel i would you know i mean i know there's going to be some people that are like oh i know exactly what they're talking about we're just reinforcing our ideas but you know you never know who's listening and going ascension right. what are you talking about yeah right yeah. and they've done and your life yeah, they've done such a great job of making, you know, um, ascension, this quackery thing like holistic health, you know, but I'm proud to be a conspiracy theorist. 
quote unquote, you know, um, I'd much rather be a conspiracy theorist than an individual who was just naively following along with the narrative and yeah. continuing to see. And so I like to look at this, how I've been trying to do this is I look at the, the health, I look at the science and I look at the spiritual part. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I like to shed onto people to make them think a little more that this is all tied together and COVID is a perfect example of how they're trying to do it all with, you know, they're trying to kill 15 birds with one big stone. Absolutely. So, right. We all emit electromagnetic energy, right? Our EMF, mm -hmm. which is, a, it's in, some people call it your aura, right? It's this space of, of a field of energy that emits from our bodies. Do you happen to know, Heather, where in your body you emit the most EMF? In our heart, I believe. Correct. Now in medicine, they've tried to lead people to believe many years ago, maybe now they've written it a little bit different, mm -hmm. but they've always made it seem like your brain right. is where the most electromagnetic second. frequency comes out of, right? It's yeah. second, Yeah. right? And and, and they're always trying to make it seem like, oh, your brain is what leads you. Your brain is what is the is the central processing center. And no, it's not. Right. And so now more and more we've understood that the brain is not exactly what we thought it was, that the heart actually does a lot more than what we knew. Mm -hmm. And it is the center where all of this aura, this energy emits from. Right. And so. Electromagnetic energy, for those of you that may be, what is he talking about? It's like the Wi-Fi off my phone. You can't see it, but it's there. The Bluetooth connection off my phone, you can't see it, but it's there, right? When you turn on your microwave and you see, you know your food's getting heat up, you can't see the waves coming through. Those are EMFs, okay? The light from the sun is a form of EMF. The and the colors that we see is a very slim little spectrum or a, 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 a little mini scale of what we are allowed to see in a big spectrum of EMF where there's gamma rays and there's x-rays, okay, and there's brain waves. And so our heart emits 90 times more electrical output than the brain does, which is kind of like what when our brain is all neurological tissue but our heart actually has more electrical conductivity than the brain and it has 5000 more magnetic power that emits than the brain okay so these are let's just call them signals or or you know like a like a beam that's emitting from us okay and typically it will create a 6 foot diameter so 3 feet in front 3 feet in back 3 feet to the sides you are creating this energy field that it does exist and some people are like what you know i, I remember when i was a child and people would talk about auras and they would say, you know some people are like yeah i can see your aura i can see your colors that you're emitting and you know, as a child, I was like, yeah, totally. And then as you get older, it's like, no, that you can't do that. Right. You can't see auras. We don't, we're not emitting EMF. And now we know 100% without a doubt that we do emit electromagnetic frequencies. When we scan the brain and we think, oh, wow, look at all this energy coming from the brain. And then some scientists are like, well, let's move the scan to other parts of the body. And like, whoa, what's going on here? Okay. So our EMFs, are an energy field. 
And when we as humans come close to each other, it's going to affect it. It's just like if you bring two magnets to each other, they create a Torah, a Taurus field, right? So a Taurus field <clears throat> looks like if there's a magnet, you're going to have negative and positive energies flowing <clears throat> outside of the magnet. Right. And so it's literally flowing from one, sorry, from one way out. Okay. And then in the same way, the other way out or sorry, flowing in that manner. Right. And so, so it's literally creating a flux. Okay. And it's, and it's constantly cycling through, which cycling is like the most natural thing on the planet in the universe, right? Creating a cycle. That's why we say the repetition that history repeats itself because it's a cycle, right? So when we create these auras fields, <clears throat> Just like you put two magnets together, they might they might totally you know reject them, or they're they're gonna come together really good. Right. Well, the same thing is with our auras, except it's a little bit more complex. And so, these fields are real, and we know through some studies when we looked at children that when children were born uh, without a mother, okay, that their mothers died, okay, and they're just in the incubator now, and they're in the hospital trying to figure out where they're gonna go. Some of these children, even though they're being fed and they're being, you know, carried a few times by the nurse and there's people around them, but they're just constantly sitting in a little crib or whatever. These children would go through what's called failure to thrive, mm -hmm. that they just stopped eating. They, they they started losing weight and they became very weak and eventually they would pass away. Mm -hmm. And so scientists were very perplexed by this. Why is this going on? Like there's someone taking care of the child, right? So they thought maybe it was just the emotional aspect. But then they started realizing that in some of these NICUs, some very kind motherly nurses were like, because I think this is very natural for all mothers. It's just a natural instinct mm -hmm. that you pick up a baby. Right. And you're like, no, this baby needs some tender love and care, yeah. right? So as these nurses were spending more time with certain babies, and holding them, those babies would thrive yeah. and, and they would live. And so they were actually doing research showing that the touch of another human onto these babies and bringing them into your aura and your energy field is what the babies were needing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so when you're nine months next to your mom and you're in your mother's Taurus field, that's energy and you really thrive off that energy. So when you are disassociated from that, they feel, I can't even imagine what they feel like, but right. You're totally disconnected from a very powerful energy source. Yes. And so they know now that they literally in some hospitals that this is a big thing that they do. They literally pay people to just come hug babies all day long. That's beautiful. Moms, dads, everybody. Just come in and people love it, right? They just come in like, I just need to hold some babies today. Yeah. And they just hold babies and they give them their love, their affection. And that's what helps these babies nourish, yeah. right? So we know that this there's something more than just eating, touching, bathing, you know, putting them in a crib, making sure they're checking their labs, you know, making sure the baby's breathing, talking, you know, everything it needs to do. There's a human touch aspect to it, right? Well, what are they doing with these COVID protocols? Yeah. The yeah. social distancing. Right. And how many feet exactly do they want us to not be close to each other? 
can't enter our six, aura field. Yeah. Six feet. Right. Now, there's probably other nefarious things, you know, the 666, and I'm sure they right. love to, people look, you know, they're all, they work in symbolism, but but in, in, in all reality here, when you are six feet away from somebody, your auras, your Taurus fields are barely, they're not touching. Right. Unless you come across someone like you or mine, you know, I'm sure my Taurus feels a lot bigger than that. I can already, I, I felt you since the moment you come, you came in cam on camera, like you are so here. It's so intentional. Like it's beautiful. It's, it's actually a beautiful thing to experience. I can feel your energy and have felt your energy. Thank you. Yeah, me too throughout the entire interview. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. We all have the ability to do this. And in my opinion, you know, to your point, the real pandemic is, is what's the word I'm looking for. It's, um, it's detachment. It's, you know, being the, the association of each other. It's disassociation. I mean, They've got us so preoccupied with the news and with our social media platforms and our electronic video games that we're not engaging and interacting and we've got to take it back to basics. You know, one of my favorite things, topics to discuss is energy field and how energy cannot be created nor destroyed, it's just transferred. And how this plays into our nervous system programming and how nervous system programming is going to determine our uh, uh, outcomes as adult behavior. And so, you know, like I said earlier, they created a perfect system. And now we're seeing the outcomes of that system. Some of us are lucky enough to start seeing the outcomes of these systems. And it's really time for us to start taking action and uh, being able to let these systems fall out so that we can cultivate, nourish, and create new systems for education, for medical, you know, around our medical practices, um, everything, the whole thing, food, you name it. But we got to get back to basics. Yeah. You know, is exciting. Well, I hate to have to wrap this interview up because I literally, we could just go on and on. I'd love to be able to pick your brain um, about nervous system function and metabolic yeah. acids that are being created in that process and how these get into the mitochondria and create disruption of the positives and the negatives and how this contributes to cravings of food and gut microbiome. I mean, there's so much we could chat about. So if you're open to it, let me know. I'd love to make that happen. Yes, no. Awesome. I, when, when I saw you, I, I'm not kidding you too. I felt an energy with you. I was like, man, I'm going to love this. Yeah. You're the first person I've been able to really connect um, in this manner, um, you know, and, and, and literally, I mean, we could literally talk all day <laughs> about this. And, and so what I would say, just because I know you want to, we need to move on, but, or cut off, but, you know, for people that are like, wait, what is he talking about with the, the fields and all this detoxify your body? Those what's going to affect this Taurus field you're creating metals. Yes. And what are the metals in? They spray it in the air. It's in your water. It's in the vaccines. It's on the pesticides. It's on your food. It's in the aluminum cans. I mean, literally, it's everywhere you touch. Yeah. So detoxify your body with zeolite or even natural remedies, oregano, cilantro. Right. Take these metals out of your body. We know now that the most common cause of autism and 
dementia related diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's that they do have one thing in common. Yeah. That the, at the pathological level, at the cellular level, what is the most common cause of these diseases? A high accumulation of aluminum in your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Where are we getting this aluminum from? Mm-hmm. Vaccines. Yeah. From foods, yeah. from the air, yeah. from your deodorant, from your toothpaste. So we need to detoxify our bodies. And hopefully this is just a little foot in the door for some of you. If you want to get more information, I do have a website. I'm going to start trying to, you know, put some of these, my website, I'm trying to create a hub for everybody. So like have Heather's info on there, have a few other people's info on there, where to find research, where to find resources. You know, I'm not really in this to make money, even though I would appreciate some donations, but um, it's really, I'm just trying to push the truth. The truth will set you free. And people need to start, you know, paying attention to things that Heather's putting out there, myself, other uh, people that you may not think that it's since it's not natural for you at the beginning, or you may think that, well, I never heard of this before, that just because it's, it may seem odd does not mean that it's not very close to the truth. Right. or exactly what we should be doing in today's day. Well, and this is where what this is what we call cognitive dissonance where the brain is trying yes. to hold two opposing viewpoints at the same time and typically the subconscious is always going to go with the known, the certain. So a lot of times we reject new information um, just because of the subconscious programming from what we've adapted from our environment. And and that is a reality that we all have to take into consideration when it comes to our beliefs. Why do we believe what we believe? You know, where they originally our thoughts to begin with. But Michael, this, Miguel, this has been so amazing. I feel like we should do a part two and follow up more into the energy field and detoxification if you're open to that. Yeah, and, and especially, you know, because we didn't talk much about COVID, but I, I think but that's what we should be doing. I mean, at this point, people need to realize, get past COVID. We need to move on from this. COVID was just a foot in the door. Um, we need to blast open that door and really get into this. And I can talk more about uh, what are some of the best, uh, you know, treatments. And and really for me, it's not just treatment. Treatment is if you're literally about to go to the hospital, you're in the hospital. Because once you fall in, there's not much anybody can do. Right. But how to take the real preventative measures um, mm-hmm. through your physical body, through your mental body and your spiritual body. Okay. Um, I think that's that, that's what I'm trying to project onto people. And I think that's what's going to attract people too, because if you follow that, you won't have to worry about COVID or anything, okay. right? Because aren't we created in, in God's image? So if I don't allow something to harm me, if I think that way, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. Well, you have truly filled my cup today. My soul is on fire. My EMF field and my heart is just magnified. Thank you so much for your time, your expertise, and I look forward to getting this part two recorded so that we can follow up on this very, very quickly. I think the audience is going to need it. Yes. Awesome.
Thank you so much, Heather. God bless you for all your work. You are a true light worker. And, you know, thank you for all your your experiences that you bring forward to the table, too, and your beauty and, and, and your perseverance. If you're open to it, I'm going to send you an email today with um, to get you scheduled for a part two. I really think we need to do it sooner than later if you have the time availability. Yeah. And um, anything that kind of you were thinking about today that we started to pop in and we weren't able to expand upon, jot it down so that you don't forget because everything is valid. Everything. I mean, this is such fire content. And this is truly where the direction of this podcast is going, tying in the spiritual, the physical, and the mental because they are all symbiotic. We can't have one without the other. And really bringing in the energy field, because this is what it's all about. Um, you know, I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to attach the PDF for that book, Life on the Cutting Edge. If you are open to diving into that content, um, I think it could be really beneficial yeah. understanding how all of the dots are connected. We are on the same page. We have the same, you know, basic understanding. The, the We have the truths, okay? That intuitive truth we have. I'm on fire right now. Like I am in love with you. I cannot wait to continue more conversations. I'd love to get to know you on a more personal basis to help support you professionally, personally. I want to be part of your community. I want you to be part of mine. Yes, absolutely. I, I love you too. And uh -huh. all you people out there, you know, that we need more love. We need more forgiveness and, and more community and unity. That's the only way we're going to really overcome this. Absolutely. Well, and thank you so much. Put out there, I, I do have a website for all of you. Just stop by. There's some information that you can look on there as well. It's it's growing. So I'm putting things up there. Like I'll put Heather's information on there too. I'm trying to grow a community there, but it's called TX, like Texas, TX Light Guardians plural, uh, txlightguardians.com. And, and I will make sure to attach that in the show notes so it makes it easy for people to connect directly with you. All right, my friend, all the love. I will be emailing you and I look forward to connecting very, very soon. Yes, me too. Thank you so much, Heather. My pleasure. Bless you. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.